It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Once again, please take your Bibles, if you would, turn to Psalms chapter 12. We are still preaching on this thought, where are the godly men? Where are the godly men? And how do we live in these times where ungodliness seems to be prevailing in our nation and in our churches? Um, If the Lord will help us, we're going to try to answer those questions this week. Um, If I move a little bit faster than what I have in a few of the days past, maybe. Um... Let's go ahead and read our text again and get right back into where we left off yesterday. The Bible says this, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said, With our tongue will we prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. I'm going to stop reading there for the moment and try to finish up on this thought. We started looking yesterday at things that characterize these ungodly men that David found himself surrounded by. See, this is a plea of David. David finds himself according to those that I have read after, in the courts of, of King Saul, and he finds himself surrounded with a group of men, a group of leaders that were not godly. They did not have a desire to go on for God. Rather, they were going in opposite direction, a self-seeking direction, looking for things to, to fill their own life with what they wanted. And it concerned David because... Sin is a reproach to any nation. Uh, what, how does the, the Word of God say it? Uh, righteousness? Um, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, I believe is what it says. David sees, especially in all these leadership positions, a lack of godly men coming on the scene to fill these positions. He sees the godly generation dying off and the generation coming in to fill their shoes are not godly and it bothered him. We started to look at yesterday one of the first characteristics of an ungodly generation is mouth problems. And we referenced in James that the tongue it's it's a fi- an unruly evil a fire a world of iniquity full of deadly poison and the Bible says that the tongue can no man tame. But the Holy Spirit can. We see this group of people, the first thing he says is they they speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor. Waste, emptiness, uselessness, nothing of any spiritual value is coming out of their mouths. Nothing of any value to help go on, to help lead towards God is, is in their hearts and in their mouth. And that bothered David. You see, the surest indication of what is in somebody's heart is what they're talking about. 
And when all they want to talk about is the things of the world, I can assure you that their heart is in the world. You see, that's why it concerned David so much. That their talk was empty. Because empty talk reveals an empty heart. He goes on, not just where they speak in vanity, but he says, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. Now what's that mean? What's flattery? Flattery is false praise for subtle gain. One writer said it's not communication, but manipulation. Flattery is always there that you're saying something nice, not because you mean it, but because you want something from that person. See, this group of men he was with, they would say whatever they had to in order to get what they wanted. They weren't there trying to build up their neighbor. No. They were there for their own good, for their own benefit. Don't we find that in the church so much today? People will say whatever they have to to get on your good side. But behind your back, oh my, the things they say. You see, they don't really care about you. They care about themselves. And they'll say whatever they have to to get what they want from you. And once they're done using you, you'll be thrown off to the side. Talks about that double heart. They, they have ulterior motives for saying what they're saying. That's the group of guys, the group of men, the group of leaders David finds himself among. He goes on to say, The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. <clears throat> now we could bog down here for a while. God hates pride. Pride is an abomination to God. Just as much as the sin of sodomy is to God, just as much as alcohol is abomination to God, just as much as any other thing that God calls an abomination is wrong in God's sight, pride is also on that very same list. We don't rate it that way very much, do we? But my, oh my, we live in a generation of people, especially young people, they're proud. They will not humble themselves. I know many, I shouldn't say many people, but I know of some people. One in particular, very recently. And it was pride keeping him from admitting that he was lost. There's many people like that. The proud all about themselves, building themselves up. God accepts the broken and contrite heart, the humble person. But God resisteth the proud. This generation that David was facing was a proud generation. And my oh my, we see that so much in our churches and in our country today. A proud generation. I believe we could say we see a hurtful tongue 
in this ungodly generation. It says, For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him at safety from him that puffeth at him. This group of men David found himself in. They had a hurtful tongue. The tongue can cut. I've heard of a lot of pastors. I know some who even last year were cut again and again and again by church members' tongues. People saying things behind their backs, starting rumors and this and that, telling lies. and Man, it hurts. But that's a characteristic of ungodliness. I sure hope you're not using your tongue in that way to tear down people. That is ungodly. I see one more thing found in these mouth problems that they have, and that's impurity. Filthy speech. There's that word in verse 8, the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. The generation we live in today, it's filthy. The communication that goes on, the talk that goes on, absolutely abominable, filthy, perverted, are the workforce that's eaten up with it. I, I work a secular job. I'm an, a maintenance electrician. I do more than just that, but um, I, the group of guys I work with, great guys, but some of them, my, they've got filthy mouths. And they know it, too. That's the sad thing. And they don't care. I'm telling you, it's ungodly. It's wicked. It's filthy. God is not pleased. The women of our day, some of the women can cuss just as worse, just as bad as, as the men do. It's sad. The TV, the movies that are there are filled with cuss words. Wickedness. I hate to have to be so blunt, but sex is talked about so freely anymore. I'm talking filthiness, vileness, perversion, wickedness, filthy jokes that go on. They have no place, especially in the Christian's life. But we find ourselves in the midst of a generation that calls themselves Christians, but yet they are eaten up with filthy, vile speech, wicked speech, impure speech. I can tell you this beyond the shadow of a doubt that God hates that kind of speech. And so do I. I cannot stand it. And I try to keep my mouth shut many times. It's amazing when you just keep your mouth shut, how many people come and apologize to you because they know it's not right. I have so many of, of people that I'm around quite frequently and they'll let something slip and then instantly, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to say that around you. They know better. But that is a characteristic of ungodliness. They have mouth problems. 
But let me say this. Those mouth problems all stem from a heart problem. Matthew chapter 12 verse 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. <coughs> Excuse me. You look in verse 2, it says, With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. And now I know it's talking about um, their speech there, but I'm saying that that speech results from the heart. Uh, I was listening to a preacher, I don't know, about a month ago, maybe a little bit more, and he began speaking about basically a double heart, or the Bible talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and never before have, has it been so prevalent in churches, people have a double heart. In other words, two hearts. On one side, they want to go with God, they want to serve God, or so they say, but on the other hand, they want to go out in the world and do the things of the world, and enjoy the things of the world. And this is the way that preacher said it. He said, they want to go on with God, but they're not so sure that God is going to be enough to satisfy them all the way. They know it's going to cost some things, and they're not sure that they want to pay that cost. But on the other hand, they know they're going to have fun, supposedly, in some of the things that the world has to offer. But they know that the end of those things will not satisfy, and that that will also cost. And they're not so sure that they want to go that way. So they basically try to play best of both worlds and try to get a little bit of both. It's not possible, but they think it is. They've got a double heart. I believe that's where David found himself. It, or not himself, but he found himself in the middle of a group of men that had a double heart. See, all of these, think about it, they were Jews. Jews have always prided themselves in being very religious. So while they pretended to be religious, their heart was not in it. They wanted to be right with God, but doing the things they wanted at the same time. It's not possible. They wanted to be serving God, but yet ruling themselves all at the same time. It's not possible. That is the characteristics of an ungodly generation. And let me tell you, that is very prevalent in today in our churches. If you find yourself there, you ought to get right with God. He's coming back soon. We'll pick up here tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.